my, uh, I preached on healing, and I broke it into four uh, areas that we needed healing, and uh, Chris Carlo was actually telling me just now before service, the first service, she said, you're, you're not preaching uh, either one of the two messages that you told me this week, and I was telling her during the week that I had two messages that were on my heart, and I was going back and forth, and, and then I didn't, I'm ending up preaching today, neither one of them, and that's just kind of what happens as you're praying during the week, but I felt like last week's series on healing was so important for us, and we need to break it down a little bit. So I'm going to do a series for the next four weeks on these areas. How many believe with me that we're going to see a revival, of, a move of God in this city? Amen? That we're going to see an outpouring of God's power and His love, and people are going to give their lives to Jesus, and they're going to see the hope that we've all found in the Lord this morning. And if you're here this morning and you haven't found that hope, there's good news. You, you, can, you can meet the King this morning. Amen? He's in this place. And so we're going to get into this series, but I think that we can't give out to others what we don't have. And so a lot of times the church needs healing. And there's some areas that we're going to go over um, in this series. Last week I, I mentioned that healing physically was very, how many know physical healing is very important? And we believe in this church that Jesus heals. We have many people in this church who have been healed of cancers and tumors and all kinds of things. And so we still believe Jesus heals today. And uh, but he needs to heal also some areas in our life. And what I talked about last week was the mind, our finances, and our relationships, and our past. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to go over those four things and, and spend one whole service on each area. And honestly, um, even each area could take a whole series because there's so, there's so much there, amen, so much to talk about, so much to see. And so I want to give a quick stat this morning that I thought was very interesting because I'm going to talk about, as you see there, the healing of the what? Of the mind. So we're going to start that off this morning. And the reason we've got to talk about the mind is if we don't get our mind healed, we can't do anything else. All the other areas are going to fall into place when we get healing of our mind. And so I, I, I came across this this morning as a pastor. I was shocked by this. And I don't even know where I got it or how, why it came, but you need to pray for me, and you need to pray for pastors. Amen? Because if we don't have people who are willing to, and I'm not saying this for me, but willing to preach the gospel and, and to spend time on messages and prepare, it's hard for the church to go forward. Amen? But listen to this stat, and it goes along with the battle of the mind. 10% of pastors today that are pastoring right now will make it to the retirement age and still be pastoring. Only 10%. That means 90% of pastors who are pastoring today are going to quit before they get to their retirement age. Now, actually, a pastor never really retires uh, if they're really called, right? You, you retire when you retire, like physically. But even as our, look at our, our founding pastor that was here a few weeks ago. He's in his mid-70s, and he's still preaching the gospel. He's still pastoring. He's still going all over the world and preaching, and that's a rarity today. I want to make it to that age preaching the gospel. How many will pray for me that I'll make it to that age preaching the gospel? Amen? That I won't quit. But think about how serious that is. 90% of the pastors pastoring today are going to quit. And they're going to lose the battle of the mind. Maybe some of them pass away, but the bottom line is they're going to battle things so much that they quit. 1,800 ministers a month are quitting the ministry in the United States. 1,800 a month. And this, and this stat says that 4,000 churches are closing a year. 4,000 churches are closing a year. So how many are thankful today that our church is open and that I haven't quit and that we're going to see a move of God? Amen? We're going to go forward and we're going to preach the gospel. Amen? 
So let's look at this this morning, and we're going to get into to the mind. What are some of the things that we deal with in our minds? And by the way, next Sunday will be Mission Sunday. Remember, every first Sunday of every month is our Mission Sunday. We have churches around the world that we support, and, and obviously our church that we uh, started in Tanzania last year. And actually, this coming up Sunday, our missions uh, offering is going to be for Tanzania for a special need. So be preparing your, your hearts and your minds and your spirits uh, for that. Here's some areas in our mind that we need to deal with. And, and I, this is one of those messages that I believe great fruit is going to come from it. Amen? And here's some areas. Fear. Doubt, worry, anxiety, anger, and perversion. I just picked a few. How many know there's more than that? Fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, anger, perversion are some areas in our mind that we have to deal with. And, and like I said last week, when I mentioned the mind and I mentioned relationships and I mentioned your past and I mentioned your finances, some of you might have checked every box. I need healing in every box, amen, and I'm not asking you to raise your hand, and there's nothing wrong with that, but today, as I mentioned, fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, anger, perversion, you might have checked every box. I'm dealing with that, and then and you might have been adding some more on there. How many know we're hurting people? We need help. There's, there's situations in our life that we need healing from. There's things we've got to get over and get beyond, but I thought this was very, very interesting as we're talking about the mind this morning. There are psychologists, and including Harvard University, that says there are four emotions that we have. And I looked at several sources to make sure this was a real number. Some would say six, but most said four. And listen, this is how, how against the grain we're fighting this morning to really walk in the way God wants us to walk with the mind of Christ. Because it says that the four areas of, or primary emotions that we have are fear, anger, joy, and sadness. Okay, how many got that? Fear, anger, joy, and sadness. Does anybody notice something's wrong there? Three of those are negative, and only one is positive. So of the, of the four main emotions that psychologists say we have as people, three of them are negative. And so we have to go uphill to be walking the way God wants us to walk. We have to choose every day to walk in joy and not in fear, and not in anger, and not in uh, uh, sadness. Amen? So joy is outnumbered. Now, how many in here want to walk in joy? Let me see your hands. How many smart people do I have in here? You want to be in, jo in joy. And, and I could go off and preach a whole message on how important joy is, and I have preached a message on that. But I want us to see that we have got an uphill battle with the mind because the mind is the devil's playground. And I know that there's some people in here today that you're battling things in your mind, and one of the reasons you cannot get victory in your life is because you cannot get over the things that go through your mind. And I have faith for you this morning. I want you to know that. As I was praying in the prayer room this morning, I said, Lord, let my faith be enough for these people to connect with your power and your healing. Because how many know the power and the healing is already here? And Jesus already paid for it on the cross. Amen. We have the power. We have the healing. We just have to connect with it, and we have to connect our faith to it and let God work. So the mind is the devil's playground. If you're taking notes, I want you to write a few things down. This is one of them. I want, I want, I want to make a statement of fact this morning. I believe this with all my heart. If you tell me how you think, I can tell you how you'll act. Okay? Let me say that again. If, if, if you tell me how you think... I can tell you how you're going to act. Because the bottom line is, how we act comes 
from here. You don't do anything good or bad, wrong or right, without it starting here. Everything starts in the mind. That's why I said, as Brian was taking up the offering, if, if we're going to give our tithes and offerings, if we're going to pray, if we're going to work on our marriage, if we're going to forget our past, all those things start right here. And so this, this is the most important one because if we get this one right, everything else is going to fall into place. Now I want to look at some really powerful scriptures, and we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This will be on the screen. You can look in your Bible, however you want to do it, but we're going to look at some things here that are very powerful. And this is a statement from God. This is God's Word. How many people here believe God's Word? Amen? It says a statement. We walk, though we walk in the flesh. So what he's saying is we are fleshly people. We're human. We have human emotions. We have human anger. We have human desires. We are flesh. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war or we do not fight or we do not live according to the flesh. Okay? Then he goes on to say, for the weapon of our warfare, what we fight with, is not physical, it's not carnal, but it's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If you're not walking the way God wants you to walk, there's a stronghold on your mind. And it means somebody has control of your mind and it's not you. Now, I mean, no, that's a dangerous thing. We need to have control of our minds. And so he says the, the weapons are, are carnal. Now, watch this. This is the key. When a thought comes in, we have to learn to grab it. And we have to learn to make sure that that thought either gets destroyed or that thought is carried out. If it's a negative thought, it needs to be destroyed. If it's a thought that's going to do good, then we need to put it into action. But thoughts are coming at us. I, I haven't looked lately, but I know it's thousands of thoughts every day. I think it's in the 20s of thousands of thoughts that we think every day, without even knowing it. Thoughts are coming at us left and right. Things are coming at us. Ideas are popping in our head all the time. Our mind is going and going. And so he says, cast down the arguments that, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, this is an important point here. How many know we need to know what the Bible says so we know what's against the knowledge of God? We've got to read the Bible. We've got to study the Bible. We've got to be in the Scripture. We've got to be paying attention. And he says, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Okay? We have to stop that thought, grab that thought, <clears throat> and make it obey Christ. How many are with me so far? Okay? And then he goes on uh, to, to that last part. Think of that again. So every thought that comes, I must bring it into captivity. I've got to get a hold of it. Listen to this. You either control your mind or your mind controls you. That's a fact. Look at your daily walk. Look at, look at everything that you're going through. I, I was mentioning this morning how important it is that we give this time to God. This time of service. How many know we've got a lot of pulls on us? We're busy people. And now today with social media and all the stuff we have on our phones, we have even more. We've got stuff we've got to look at. We've got stuff we've got to like. Right? Amen? We just got to be, we, we're busy. We're, 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 we've got texts, we've got calls, we've got things going on. How many know that when we come to church, we need to take this time and just give it to God? And say, I'm not going to have any distractions. One of our ministry people this week made a really good, honest point. And he said, and you guys don't know, need to know, only our ministry team knows. He, it is a he. He said, I have been convicted and I'm going to start leaving my phone in my car. 
because I'm too distracted when I bring my phone into the church. And I'm too, too, too tempted to look at it. How many know if, what would happen if we'd come into these services and we would put our phones down and we would give God an hour and a half and say, Lord, I'm, I'm totally focused on you right now. I'm totally going to, oh, I, I feel this bouncing all around and it went out into the fellowship hall and no one grabbed it. Can I say that again? How many know that God could do something great if we'd put the distractions down and give God an hour and a half of our time? It's still bouncing around. Amen. Somebody told me after the first service, man, you're punching us left and right. I'm not punching anybody. Amen. I'm just preaching the word. I'm just encouraging us. Okay, how many are still here? Romans chapter 12. Watch this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. He says, in other words, I urge you, I beg you, to, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Meaning that this, everything I do, everything I say, everything I think is God's. And so I'm presenting to, to him. And it says, that's basically, he says, uh, holy and, and acceptable to God. And then what he means here by which is your reasonable service is, is this the least we can do. How many know the least we can do is offer back to God our minds and our bodies and our soul? That's why the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your body, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. Just give it to him. Give it all to him. And watch what God does. Now, here's the key probably of the whole message. Next verse. Watch verse 2. How do we do this? He says, don't be conformed to this world. Why, why is it that we've come out of the world, but we still want to hang out with the world? I'm not saying we don't live in the world. That's obvious. We live in this world. But we need to come out of the, the way we used to think. How many have ever heard the saying, stinking thinking? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But a lot of us need to have, get rid of our stinking thinking. And we need to start thinking different. But the reason some people don't make it in God is because they get saved and they say, Jesus, I believe that you're Lord, but we don't make him Lord. Right? We say we believe he's Lord, but we don't make him Lord. And so he's saying here, I can't have you be like the world anymore. Don't be conformed to the world. And every day we have lots of influences in our lives that are telling us what the world is, what the world thinks, what the world wants to do. And we're bombarded with thoughts. Thoughts are going in. Thoughts are going in. Thoughts are going in. Thoughts are going in about bills. Thoughts are going in about our marriage. Thoughts are going in about our kids. Thoughts are going in about society. Thoughts are going in about my past. That's why we're dealing with all this stuff. All these thoughts are coming. He says you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And guess what? We don't, you don't renew your mind once. We need to renew our mind every single day. Amen. How many know we don't take a shower once a month? Thank God. Or brush our teeth once a month. We, we brush our teeth every day. Hopefully we shower every day. Hopefully we have that hygiene every day. We're drinking water every day. We're doing things every single day. Amen. Some of you young people are looking around like, Mom, I thought I was supposed to. <laughs> I can see some of the kids look at their parents. I don't take a shower every day. That's not a bad thing. Amen. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Watch this. That you may prove what is that good. That was so funny. I saw so many heads turn when I said that. That good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I, I don't think I need to ask, but I believe everybody in here wants to be in the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God. So if we're going to be in the will of God, we have to change the way we think. Garbage in, garbage out. Good stuff in, 
good stuff out. It's, it's pretty, pretty much common sense, right? What I put into my life, what I put into my eyes, what I put into my mind is going to come out. And so I have to make sure that I'm putting good things into my life. Now I want to look at really the meat of this message in Galatians chapter 5, if you'd go there. But I want to give a quote real quick before you get there, before we read this. The people who really make you angry control you. Think about that. The people who really make you angry control you. That could go over to unforgiveness. The people that you haven't forgiven are controlling you. A lot of times we think, man, I I got control of my life, and God wants us to have control of our life, but we really don't because we let anything get us mad, anything get us angry. Amen? I don't have any problems unless I'm driving. Amen? Does anybody else have any problems getting angry when you're driving? That left lane just drives me nuts. You're going to ask Carla, I, I, I need help. It drives me, I, when they're in the left lane and, I'm, and I want to pass, it just, it just gets me. It boils me. But other than that, when I'm not driving, I'm good. How many know we've got anger issues? We've got frustrations. We've got thoughts. We've got all these things going on. And sometimes we allow people to control us because they've made us mad. One of the most important things I learned from my mom growing up, I have a great mom. She taught me a lot of things was to not allow my brother, how many have got older siblings? Let me see your hand if you've got an older, older sibling. Maybe you were that demonic older sibling. Amen. Now I've got a younger sister, so I, I'm in the middle, so I, I got both. But my brother would, would mess with me and do things to me and, and, and get under my skin all my life. And my mom said, Blake, if, if you keep letting him get to you, he'll keep bothering you. But if you'll ignore him, He'll stop bothering you because what he wants is a what? A reaction. Some of you older brothers and sisters just answered that. See, you want a reaction. That's what the devil wants. The devil wants a reaction from us. The devil wants to control us. If he can't control us directly, he'll control us through somebody else. Through making us angry. Through unforgiveness. Through jealousy. Through all kinds of different things. How many are realizing that this isn't a one message series on the mind this is a year we could take a year on the mind but let's look at this uh galatians chapter five very powerful verses here now i want to throw this in real quick right before we read this as we get a little further on in this chapter and get to the end many of you are going to go oh i know those verses but lots don't know right here maybe these first verses and so i i want to put a plug in i've been Getting kind of, getting kind of uh, strong with the men, and not in a bad way, just encouraging on dis- in discipleship on Friday mornings and really encouraging our, our men to read the Bible. We're, we're a biblically illiterate generation. We don't read the Bible enough. And, 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 and the fact that I didn't get an amen there tells me I'm right. <laughs> we don't read the Bible enough. But we spend a lot of time on social media. And it was going to get quiet there. Right? We spend a lot of time on social media, but we don't spend a lot of time reading God's word. But we want his promises. But we want his blessings. We want his peace. We want his joy. And the only way you get those things is reading his word. And so I, I've been doing Bible trivia. And this would be a good thing for you to do. You can Google it. You can find it all over the place. Bible trivia. And start reading Bible trivia and start looking at things. Start learning the Bible. Because I told the guys, what's exciting is when I'm preaching 
and you're hearing a message, you hear a verse and you know it because you read it. Like, oh, I remember reading that. Or you hear a story. And, and, but if, if we're doing Bible trivia and we're asking questions and a lot of the questions aren't getting answered and it's crickets, you know the cricket noise? No one's answering, and I'm moving on to the next question. I'm not doing it to make them feel bad. I'm just getting them to understand we need to read the Bible more. Because we know a lot of other things, but we don't know the Bible. Okay, so as we read this, the answer to our mind problems is in the Bible. If you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with anger, if you're struggling with unforgiveness, if you're struggling with all of the above, the Bible is the answer. Watch what it says. So, and I'm going to read this in New Living Translation because it makes it a little bit easier. All my rest of my ones are in New King James. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. What would happen if the Holy Spirit would guide our lives? Then, this is so good, then you won't be doing what you're sinful. Now leave that up for a second because I like this, what it says. I love how God is real with us and honest with us. He says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. How many know we have sinful natures? How many know if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict or have any kind of problem, the first thing you've got to admit is you have a problem. We need to admit we have sinful natures. We need to admit we are not good people in ourselves, that we're fallen, that we're sinful, and we need help. So he says, here's here's what you can do. If, if you'll be led by the Holy Spirit, you won't do what your sinful nature wants to do. Watch the next verse. The sinful nature wants to, wants to do evil. Ooh, no way. I mean, no, that's the truth. We, our, sin, we want to, our body, our, our nature is not good. Get that understanding. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need to renew our minds. That's why we don't need to help the devil. Amen. We don't need to give him any help. He, because when we fall and we make mistakes, he's laughing at us. Does anybody else in here hate the devil? That's one of the, that's one of the keys to knowing that God is doing something in your life, that you hate the devil. And you're allowed to hate the devil. Grew up telling people, parents telling us, don't hate. But you can hate the devil and you should hate the devil should hate everything about him because he hates you. He's not a joke. He's not a Disney character. He's not somebody who's just messing around. And He hates you. He wants you to spend eternity in hell with him. He wants to take you there. He wants to mess you up. And if he can't get you to hell, he wants to destroy your walk, and he wants to keep you from reaching others. That's his job. So understand that he is a roaring lion this morning, seeking whom he can devour. So he says the nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. Watch this. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Here's what a light bulb's going to come on. These two forces are constantly fighting. It doesn't say every once in a while. It says constantly. There's a battle in your mind constantly. Why are we tired? Because our minds are constantly fighting our flesh is constantly fighting our spirit our spirit is constantly fighting our flesh do you understand that am i reading the bible it says they're constantly fighting and it says and the spirit gives us desires that are opposite sorry these two forces are constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out and stay there for a second to carry out your good intentions what that means is the devil has got us handcuffed 
We want to do right. I have no doubt. We, now, there's some wicked people in this world that don't want to do right. That's a fact. But how many know that a lot of people want to do right? They have good intentions. But the reason they can't fulfill their good intentions is because they're walking in the flesh. And the spirit is being destroyed. How many know whatever you feed is going to grow and whatever you starve is going to die? So if I'm feeding my flesh, my flesh is going to grow. If I'm starving my flesh, my, star- my flesh will eventually die. Okay, that's, that's the hope. How many know there's hope this morning for us? As we realize that we're bad people and wicked people and have sinful natures, the good news is God can help us get victory over that because he already defeated it. Amen. We just have to walk in it. Now, let's go on to that next part. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. Now, here's the verses you're going to recognize. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, here's some of them. Some of them listed. He says, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Lustful pleasures. Idolatry. Sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. That's what your flesh wants to do. How many know that's what, for a lot of us here, that's what our flesh used to do? And it wasn't very hard to do it. Because your flesh does it automatically. When we look at the world, we got to understand, they're just doing what what their flesh does. That's what makes us peculiar people. When we get saved and we come out of that lifestyle. Did you hear what I said? We we get saved and we come out of that lifestyle. Uh, Am I preaching the gospel? Has anybody in here come out of that lifestyle? Whatever that lifestyle is. Can I say that one more time? I've got to find somebody who's going to give me a better amen than that. We get saved and we come out of that lifestyle. We're not living that life anymore. Amen? We come out. Now we're still living in the world with other people that do that, but we're not that people anymore. Our minds have been transformed. We don't think the same way, act the same way, talk the same way anymore. And the biggest reason is, isn't just because we're thankful for the mercies of God. We understand that his next part of his word says, and as I've said before, anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? They will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, here's another verse you'll recognize as we close right here. But, how many are thankful for the buts in the Bible? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Watch this. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness gentleness and stay with me because this is the to me i don't i don't know if they did this on purpose and left this last on purpose this was a revelation for me a bunch of years ago in my walk with god self-control everybody say that with me self-control you know what this means this means that jesus defeated everything on the cross and it's all it's all under the blood and it's all destroyed but we have to put the work in 
Not to be saved. We don't do any work to be saved. We're saved by grace alone. But what he's saying here is, those things take work. And here's the problem with a lot of people that we cannot do anymore. We can't say this anymore. I just, I just can't help myself. That's just how I am. That's just who I am. That's just what I do. That's not true. The Bible says that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you have self control. That means you can say no to the drugs. You can say no to the alcohol. You can say no to the lust. You can say no to the relationship that's not godly. You can say no to the sin in your life, and you have to if you're going to win the battle. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not watching that. No, I'm not thinking that. Self-control. And here's some good news for you. Some of you may, that maybe are new converts. Maybe you're an older convert. Here's the good news. The more you shun those things, and the more you say no to it, doesn't mean they're not ever going to come back around again, because the devil's never going to quit. But the more you say no to them, the stronger you get, and the more those desires go away. But you've got to watch what you feed. You've got to watch what you listen to. You've got to, that's why our music and our movies and our entertainment and our social media, we have to be so careful with it because we don't need help. We don't need help. Our flesh does it on its own. We have to combat those things. Write this down if you're taking notes. I'm closing right here. Stop letting people who do so little for you control so much of you. That's going to sink into somebody. Stop letting people who do so little for you control so much of your mind and your feeling and your emotions. They say something, they do something, they act a certain way, and you just let them just make you mad and destroy your life. You got to, one of the things I remember learning, one of the many things learning from my pastor in a pastor's meeting was you have to learn how to do this. Let it go. Just let that water run right off the duck's back. Just let it, just let it go. Because you get mad about it, and all you're doing is letting that person control your emotions. Let it go. Control your mind. Make decisions. Realize that there's consequences from those decisions. And so you say, maybe, how, Pastor, tie it all together for me. How do, how do I do it? I'm with you. I need to get a control of my mind. I'm with you. I, I need to walk in the spirit. How do I do it? Philippians chapter 4. Look at this. This is how you do it. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, by prayer and supplication. We've got to pray. We've got to spend time with God. We've got to spend time in his word. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to your neighbor. Is that what it says? Gossip to your, to your co-worker. Who do, we, who's, who do we need to take it to? God. We talked about not talking about the problems. Take the problems to God. Now watch this. How do I do it? And the peace of God, I read this last week, will surpass all your understanding. And guard your hearts and your mind through Christ. And remember, before we read this last part, remember, we've got an uphill battle. Three of the four emotions are negative. We want that one. We want that joy. Now watch this. How do I do it? Brethren, whatever, think on whatever things are true, 
whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, are pure, are lovely, are of good report, if there's any virtue and is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So he's saying that's your job. It's to look at the situation and focus and think on the good. See the good in people. How many know there are some really negative people in this world? There, there are people where if the sun's shining, it's shining too much. If the sun's shining, there's too many clouds or not enough clouds. Does anybody know anybody like that? Don't elbow nobody. But we all know somebody like that. It don't matter. They're going to look, they're going to look at me and say, man, Pastor, I like your suit. It's nice, but your tie's kind of crooked and your shoe's got a stain on it. Got a little belly coming out. Right? They're going to they're gonna, they're they're pick on me. And then there's other people. They look at somebody and they can't really see anything to... They're like, man, your hair is brown. Your hair is really brown. Right? They're going to they're gonna find something really nice to say. That's not a lie. That's just the difference between someone who's walking in the spirit and someone who's walking in the flesh. Because you're going to fulfill those things. And we can't give out what we don't have. We need healing. And that's not condemning. We need healing in our minds. We really do. We need healing in our thought lives. But like I've been saying this whole message, don't help the devil. He doesn't need any help. Help yourself. Help God. Fill yourself with godly things. Let's bow our heads this morning. And as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to read a verse to you. That I want you just to see this verse typed out in the, the black space that you're looking at right now as you're praying. Here's, the ver- here's a promise of God. If you'll do these things, Isaiah 26.3 says, God will keep you in perfect, perfect peace. Excuse me. Listen to that. If you do these things, he says, I will keep you in perfect peace. He said, whose mind is stayed or fixed on you. So if you trust God this morning and you, and you fix your eyes on him this morning, the Bible says he will give you peace. He will give you and keep you in perfect peace. Father, I thank you for that promise. And I thank you that I realized this morning there's a lot of things in my life I cannot control. But I can control my thoughts. And I have self-control. And I want to be filled with the Spirit, filled with the power of God, filled with the Word of God, so that I won't fulfill the lusts or desires of my flesh. I'm not going to allow the flesh to win in this constant battle. How many in this place this morning you could say, Pastor, I... I'm listening to you right now, and I, I, I want that. I want peace. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're listening on the podcast. I want that peace. I want that, that control of my mind. I'm tired of, of other people controlling me through my thoughts and my anger and my unforgiveness. But you say this morning, I don't know how. You have to give lordship of your life to Jesus first. That's the first step. Because he's the only one that can change your past. He's the only one that can forgive your sins. He's the only one that can send the Spirit of God to come in and begin to change your mindset from who you were to who you want to be. 
How many in this place could be honest and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to accept Jesus this morning in my heart. I've never done it. I've never said, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. Just lift your hand up all across this place and say, pray with me. I want to pray with you all over. How many be honest? I've never been born again. Never given my life to Jesus. Today, I want to give my life to the Lord. I'm going to wait just a moment. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you're running from God. Maybe you know the Lord, but today you're not walking with Him. You're, you're, you're making bad decisions. You've allowed old lifestyle to come back. You've allowed old thoughts to come back in. And you need to re be renewed today. Just lift your hand up and let God see your hand this morning. We'll pray for you this morning. I need to come home. I need to get right with God. Amen. Maybe you're watching online and that's you. We're going to say a prayer right now. We're going to say a prayer that's going to allow us to make Jesus Lord of our lives. In, 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 in this spirit of reverence of the Lord, as the Holy Spirit is here, would you just all stand to your feet? Please don't talk or move around, but just stand and stay in this attitude of worship. And we're going to say a prayer this morning. And then we're going to have a few minutes to pray and allow God to heal our minds. We have an altar. We believe in a place that you can come and pray and, and do business with God and say, Lord, today's my day. You know, that's what's awesome about the gospel. Today's your day to get your healing. The healing that you need in your mind. But I want everybody watching and everybody here to say this prayer with me, a salvation prayer. We don't know who's watching. We don't know where they're watching. We don't know who's listening. But our heart in this church is that people would know Jesus. We want them to have a clear presentation of the gospel, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that he defeated death on that cross, and that he rose from the dead. And when he rose from the dead, he defeated death for us so that we could live forever. Jesus paid our price. So I want everyone in here to say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for salvation. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. I fall short of your glory. And I know that the wages of my sin is death and separation from you. Today I put my faith in what you did on the cross. I believe that you paid my price for my sins as you died on that cross. And I believe you rose from the dead to defeat death and hell and the grave. Jesus, come into my life and make me a new creation. I make you Lord of my life. From this day forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise this morning for those that are here, those that are online, those that listened on the podcast that may have said that prayer. This is a celebration for you. The Bible says the angels are rejoicing in heaven right now. Amen. As we open up these altars, God wants to heal you. I have faith for you. Thoughts. Maybe thoughts of suicide, anger. You just can't get over your anger. You just can't let that person go. Listen, you're the one that's in the cage. You're the one that's in prison this morning if you don't forgive. You, you think you're hurting that person. You're not hurting that person. You're hurting yourself. Let them go. Let, give them to God. Say, God, I'm done. I'm done thinking this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive like you forgive. I'm going to think like you think. I'm going to love like you love. God will do a miracle because we need to be able to think clearly. 
Amen. We need to be able to have the mind of Christ. So as we begin to sing, the altars are open. Keep your distance if you would. Uh, I'm going to pray for people. I'm going to put my mask on and agree with you this morning. But yeah, if, if you don't come to the altar, find a place at your seat. This is a moment where we do business with God and we, we respond to the message this morning.